morning, good morning. If you can hear my voice and cannot see my eyeballs, you're in the wrong place. You have to come in here. Where's Claire? Where's Cammy? Come on in here. I see a few other faces I know. Saw some faces I didn't know today. Welcome. Welcome. We're going to sing this song that um, is Take You At Your Word. Is our starting song. And it says in the second verse, it says, It's a narrow road. The tide is high, but you parted the water. Claire, what do you think that means? Parted. What is it referring to in the song? The tide's high, but you parted the water. The Red Sea. So the same God that parted the Red Sea when the Israelites looked like they were for sure going to die is a different God than we're going to sing about today? No, it's not. It's the same God. Okay. Well, that should cause us to do some things, I think, then, right? He can still take care of business, says Pastor Steve. So I think if you've got some business today, then you wound up in the right place. Um, I want you to remember that God is faithful, that he, you can be taken at his word, that he, he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And there's a comfort in that that we should take. Um, he doesn't, he's not different today. You don't have to worry he's in a bad mood today. He's the same. He's the same. So God, this morning we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your goodness. We ask that as we worship you, you would change us. That you would show us more of your goodness. That you would bring us revelation. And that we would understand you more and more and more. We love you and we praise you. Amen. Parted the water 
this song to you guys last week now you get the extended cut hope you're ready you are good and all things perfect oh, I can trust your promise I've never seen you turn away you have loved me I have seen your mercy Follow me all my days Oh, it doesn't make sense how your love is so good You called me your friend and I thought I was too far gone I know you're never gonna let me go You are good, you can only be 
hindsight Hindsight's always 2020 I can look behind me See just how far I've come You saved me from the brink of falling Mercy shutting doors before me Now I see all the good you've done Oh, it doesn't make sense and the future's unsure I looked at my past and I see you there all along So I know
So you might be confused this morning because you find yourself wanting to sing this song, but your life doesn't seem good. And stuff's going wrong. And so you get the dissonance or the tension. Yesterday we celebrated Rhett's birthday. He turned five as my son. He was running across the driveway, super excited to play freeze tag, and he falls and he skins his knees and he's immediately crying and there's blood and the whole thing is just shot, right? It's not good. It is not good. But he came to me and he got in my arms and he had comfort and we got band-aids and he had a father that loves him He had a father that held him. And that's the goodness of God. That's the goodness of God. It's not that he's, it's not that he's gonna keep you from the skin knees all the time. Okay? But he is gonna be there and he is gonna wait for you. So that's the God we're gonna sing to this morning at the top of our lungs. And I'm about to lose my voice, so you're gonna have to help me. Because he's good. You're good today. You're good today. You'll be good tomorrow. You've always been good on your promise. I know that every good thing comes from you. Good today. You'll be good tomorrow. You've always been good on your promise. I know that. God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you that your mercy is wide, that your grace is always present, that you're always good. And I think about that story yesterday with Rhett, and I think about all the other times that Rhett has hurt himself and I think about the times where I actually got blamed for it dad I fell over this thing that you put there the ground was wet why wasn't it dry and we can laugh at that but what about what about us as adults God there was a car accident God there was weather God, there was recession. It's the same story. It's just more acceptable to you and me, but it's the same story. It doesn't change his goodness. The skin knee, the recession, the unexpected death, the sickness, the diagnosis, it doesn't change him. So we're going to sing one more song about a broken record, his faithfulness, that he's always been with us. But as we do, 
If you have tithes and offerings today that you would like to give, we're not going to pass buckets around. Um, you are welcome to come and put your offerings in these buckets up front. There's a green box on the back by the double doors. You can give on your little computer phone in your pocket because um, it does everything except make you happy. Um, and you can give in all those different ways. If you're new with us today, we don't expect you to give anything. Uh, we're just happy that you're here. And uh, another little story is that yesterday, Claire got her brother a birthday present. And her sacrifice of getting him a birthday present of her own volition, of her own resources, is evidence of her love. Just like your giving to God is evidence. It's not earning. Let's get the E words right. It's not earning. It's evidence. Because when you give something away that you want to hold on to, that's sacrifice. And that takes trust. So, we... Uh, he deserves it. He deserves more than he's going to get, but he deserves it. So worship with us as we sing this last song.
the songs to remind ourselves in the times when we're not at church, when we're not, when it's easy, like when we have skin knees, when it's easy to say, God, where are you? He's always faithful. We may be someplace that we're not supposed to be, but he's never not with us. He's always with us. That, in some ways, that may be discomforting to some people because we we go places you know we're not supposed to be. You know, God's still there with you. Always faithful. And there are times when I need to be reminded of that. Amen. When I feel sorry for myself, but God, God is good. All the time. God is always good. Why why do we have to be reminded of that? Because the devil. Because Satan whispers in our ear and says, Did God really say you couldn't eat of any tree in the garden? He must not care about you at all. Just making it hard to make your husband a sandwich. That's the lie that the devil tells us. Amen? Okay, y'all be seated. Wow, you've almost lost your voice, Brent. Yeah, me too. The sermon may be short today. Like me. All right. I have some announcements to make, and then we're going to take a five-minute break. Hi, Marley. Hi, Cora. Okay. Sorry. Can't help that. I'm a grandpa, don't you know? So, Pam, Pam is homesick. So who knows what's going to happen with these announcements right now? Because we don't have anybody up here to correct me on them, you know? Courtney, can you help me out? Okay. Um, so start here is next week. If you never, if you have any questions about Victory Life Church, just kind of the basic questions or anything you want to know, anything you want to know, you can come and ask those questions. We have some kind of orientation. We'll tell a little bit about the history of the church and why we do some of the things we do. That's next week, right after church. Start here. And there's a sign-up. If you've never downloaded the flow page, you need to because all the important things are there. Um, I looked all over through our uh, pages, uh, our Facebook pages, our uh, app, the VLC app, the main one. And I couldn't find out how to get to Jubilee. And so I looked on our flow page. And there, it's all right there. It's awesome. So download the flow page because you need that to be able to sign up for Start Here. And if you can't do that, we'll just send Pam a message. Just email her or whatever. I want to remind you that Unity in the Community is Saturday, August 19th from 10 o'clock in the morning till about 3. The whole community gets together. We had hundreds of people last year um, and ate dinner all together. I'm telling you, it's a little bit what heaven's going to look like. A mixture of all kinds of people from all kinds of backgrounds um, and all eat together and having a good time. Last year, there was a, people were mixed up way more than they've ever been. They didn't sit in their, their families or clans or tribes or anything like that. Everybody was all mixed up. It looked just like heaven, I'm telling you. That's uh, Saturday, August 19th. Um, and Chandler School starts back the 17th.
So tonight at six o'clock on the practice field, uh, that is what I'm told, the practice field at six o'clock, we're going to have a prayer walk praying over our schools and it's it's not sponsored by any church it's just our community doing what our community does loving the lord and loving our schools and praying for them for this upcoming year so uh look on the facebook page pam has put the announcement there so you can follow that i want you to take about five minutes and we're going to come back and have uh have a word uh and we'll, we'll just see what happens okay take five well, well, well. I heard Greg telling somebody that Jubilee was rough on him. The Lord showed up a lot and uh, emotionally it's uh, hard to take. So Jubilee. Don't need that. Um, Jubilee, we've mentioned it a couple of times this morning. Um, it is an annual gathering for the church, Victory Life Church, to seek guidance regarding direction for the next year. So there's speakers every night. Uh, there's things that happen during the day. Um, Tuesday morning, the past the. All the campus pastors met together, and we had roundtable discussions with the speakers for the week. Um, then Thursday, there was a marriage seminar open to everyone, and then on Friday, a seminar on prosperity, and I don't know how you feel about that, but um, uh, eat the hay and spit out the sticks, okay? Um, there's, so all the speakers are friends of the ministry, and they have invariably, by the leadership of the Holy Spirit alone, that means there, there was no coordination done. Uh, Pastor Dwayne or Pastor Jacob didn't talk to the speakers about what he wanted them to speak about. And there's always a concerted thing. Sometimes it's a theme that runs through the week. And no preparation, just the Holy Spirit leading uh, this this week, it didn't happen like a theme. Uh, they all spoke about different things. And at least two of them, maybe three of them said, this isn't really what I'd planned on. And, and you could tell because like most of us, they have a passion about certain things. And when they go and speak at conferences, they often want to share what that passion is. For, for one thing, God, I mean, God gave them that passion, and they have so much to give, they can never, uh, they can never run out, and, and there's always more, and so they want to share about that thing, <laughs> and, and the Lord didn't let them share about those things, He made them talk about different things, uh, so, it, but it was coordinated, and coordinated by the Holy Spirit is usually the best thing. Um, so I really feel like the Holy Spirit gave us direction for the next year. So uh, on Friday nights, Pastor Dwayne always recaps the messages for the, from the past week. He literally goes night by night and talks about those and how it hit him. And so I'm going to do the same thing this morning. And I, um, I want you to think about, especially you who consumed some nights of of Jubilee, I'd, 
I'd like for you to think about how it impacted you and where, what your vision for this next year is for your family as well as for the church. Because how many of you know, um, I, I'm an under-shepherd. The head of the church is Jesus. The head of this church right here is Jesus. Um, so, uh, and we all just work together to follow where the Spirit leads. All, every single one of us. Um, that's what Paul taught anyway, and we'll get to that in a minute. So Monday night, Jacob Sheriff, who is a senior pastor of Victory Life Church, he's pastors the whole organization, um, 10, church, 10 locations uh, across Texas, Oklahoma, and uh, Colorado. 10 locations, and he's the pastor of, of all those things. We, if, you, if you've come very many times this year, you've... We've had, well, we've had Pastor Jacob standing right here. We've had him uh, on the screen and, and take video messages from him. I believe that that's, that's what the Lord's led us to do here, uh, even though in some other locations they don't take regular video messages. But I believe for us to stay kind of on track and, and, and for us to keep that DNA where, we, where we're, we're close, uh, we... We operate closely with, um, as, well, we talk about being one church in 10 locations. That's one of the ways we stay one church. So I, I've been led to, to follow that model as we've gone on. So my takeaway from uh, his message is from Mark 1, verse 15. And it's talking about John John the Baptist ministry that was the forerunner of Jesus. He, w- he was kind of leading the way for Jesus to come in. And what he preached was the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Um, it, wasn't an, it wasn't another message uh, from what Jesus brought. It was a it was laying down the foundation for Jesus to come in and build on top of that. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So, and this is the, these are some of the things that Pastor Jacob shared. To repent refers to our change of mind. A change of mind to the extent that we adjust the rest of our life to new truth. Our mind changes so much that it informs how we, our, just our general view of the world and, and how we operate in that world. Uh, we change the rest of our life to fit what that truth is. And not our truth, the truth, what, what the Spirit shows us and, and what it means to be the kingdom of God. Because if, I believe that if we can implement that in our lives, we can actually realize the kingdom. May, realize means to make it real. We can make the kingdom real in such a way that we're able to use the keys that Jesus left us. Remember when he was talking to Peter and he says, uh, here, I give you the keys to the kingdom and you'll bind, you'll bind and loose. We'll bind the things that are bound in heaven. We'll bind sickness and and poverty mindset will bind because none of that exists in heaven 
I believe that that's what it means, that we will we'll lock up the things that are locked up in heaven, the things that don't happen in heaven so, so that they don't happen here. And that, that we'll, uh, we'll loose the things that are loose in heaven. And that's something that I want for, for all of us. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Tuesday night, Billy Epperhart, who is the CEO, Billy Epperhart. He's the CEO of Andrew Womack Ministries, uh, including Karis Bible College. He came in uh, eight or eight years ago, something like that, and um, turned the direction of that place around. Um, he, uh, he was a pastor and he, uh, he had lived like a lot of pastors, believing that poverty was a virtue and, um, and having a hard time. And God showed him that that, that is not the way it works. And um, so he turned his life around financially um, while still being in the ministry. And he's been helping people around the world, including uh, what he calls philanthro, uh, philanthro, philanthropic uh, financial support for places. And that's what he does in Africa and helps people build business over there. Helps because it, he said in Africa, you can't go and find a job. You have to make your job. And um, so... Michael Ann, you've been ministered there and seen, you know, the impact of, of, of what the church is doing over there. So um, he uh, spoke and, and the gist of his message was pro- from Proverbs 13, verse 12. And that verse says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And so hope that's put off hope that's not that that I'm not seeing right now it makes the heart sick but when the desire comes or what when the desired thing comes it's a tree of life that's from the new king james version um and so his message was entitled overcoming disappointment i'm I'm not going to look at anybody right now, but I know that everybody in this room at, uh, in, at, at some time or another and, and to various degrees of magnitude, some of us more than others, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that every single person in this room has dealt with disappointment. Um. That word disappointment means literally a missed appointment. That you've missed an appointment. Just like missing a doctor's appointment or something like that. A missed appointment happens when our appointment with destiny is thwarted by various means. That can be loss. Often it's loss. Loss of health. Loss of wealth, loss of jobs, loss of people in our lives through divorce or some other kind of separation, through death. I mean, there's all the kinds of ways that we deal with loss. 
that some destiny that we believe that, that was God's will in our life, that we've missed that destiny somehow. And he shared how that happens sometimes when a Jezebel comes into our lives. And we're going to talk about that in just a few minutes. Um, on Wednesday night, a guy that uh, was a lot of fun. I'd never met him before, but uh, Pastor Dwayne on Friday night said uh, that he was leaning over to his wife many times during the message saying, what did he say? What did he say? Because I mean, I can't even pretend to talk that fast because I do not know what will come out of my mouth if I do. And I might be embarrassed, but he, uh, rapid fire talk. And, um, but he was really funny. His name was Jim Baker. Not that Jim Baker. Um, And he's the pastor of Zion Christian Fellowship in Powell, Ohio. Um, He shared about the story of Jairus' daughter, which that story is in all three Gospels. And it's about a guy that comes to Jesus and says, Come to me, my daughter's sick, she's dying, and I know if you'll go that that you can heal her. And Jesus says, okay, no problem. But on the way to, uh, to Jairus' house, he, the, uh, there's a crowd that stops him. I, 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 have you ever experienced that in your life when you know, okay, we need to get this done, we need to get this done, and something is just slowing you down. I used to think that quicksand was going to be a bigger deal than it was now when I was a kid because that, that was the problem in so many movies and TV shows with quicksand. I've never one single time in my life dealt with quicksand. But that must have been what it was like as they were on the way to Jairus' house. Uh, and the, Can you imagine being Jairus and you're thinking, dude, we're just in, stuck in this quicksand. And... Um, but on the way, there's a, there's a woman with the issue of blood, and I'm not going to go into all that, but she had been sick for 12 years. And um, yeah, without being too graphic or anything, ladies, can you imagine? You know, you deal with that every single month, but can you imagine 12 years just solid, never stops. And, and to really understand the impact of that, you have to know that uh, during that time of month, which happened every month, a woman was unclean and anybody that's around her it then is unclean for a week or something like that. This woman then had been in her whole life unclean. She was not, she was a, essentially like a leper, not leopard, leper, uh, like a leper. And she's, she's not even supposed to go. Lepers could say unclean, 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 and they could go different places. This woman couldn't even do that. But she sneaks into this crowd. And can you imagine if people knew? And she sneaks in this crowd. And she, her faith is so strong. She doesn't need Jesus to do anything for her. She just thinks if I can just touch him. And she touches the hem of his garment. Just the bottom of his blue jeans, man. She touches just the hem of the garment. And Jesus goes, okay, what happened? Somebody touched me. And the, and the disciples said, all kinds of people are touching you. Man, we're all getting mashed. Everybody's touching us all over, and it's embarrassing if you ask me. But um, uh, how many of you don't like for people to touch you? Uh, 
I don't know how I developed that. It might have been being a counselor, and we don't, we don't, typically you don't touch people except on the shoulder or something like that. Anyway, um, he's uh, on the way. She touches him, and the figure. And he said, the power went out of me. And he said, woman, your faith has made you whole. So this 12-year-old girl, Jairus' daughter, and this lady who's been sick for 12 years, all that comes together right there. And, um, oh, I have, to tell, I have to share this with you. I'm sorry, I've just got to. He, he said he was led to teach first on healing. And his, his church spent a year teaching on healing and operating in healing. They would go to emergency rooms and just heal people without even asking. And they would go to the malls. They would just go, they'd go and and stand in the Walmart parking lot in the handicapped space and pray for anybody that drove in, and, and in that parking space without even asking. He says, then the next year, God told him to teach on uh, prosperity. And he said, uh, what could go wrong with that? I'm, a, I'm health and wealth from a preacher named Jim Baker. <laughs> but he made it clear to us. He said, he said uh, it's Jim Baker with one K and no Tammy Faye. But he shares this about Jairus' daughter. And he says, he just asked this one question. He said, what if healing was easier than you thought? He asked the question. He said, what's the one obstacle for you? The one obstacle that stands in the way of healing. He said, I'm going to give you about one minute to think about it. And just go ahead and write it down. And he... he, he just waits, just waits, waits. Talk to your neighbor, whatever you think. Discuss it with your wife. He goes, he says, the problem with that is that you, that you thought there was, was an obstacle because there's not an obstacle for healing. When, was, when did our healing happen? At the cross, 2,000 years ago. It's already been taken care of. All we've just got to do is get it, uh, accept it. Uh, okay, this is me. How many of you have ever prayed for somebody for healing and it didn't work? I'm going to raise my hand. Sometimes I tell y'all don't raise your hands, but I've, it's happened. How many of you have ever gone out and got in your car and you left the lights on the night before or just the dome light drained your battery or something like that? You go out there and you get in and your car doesn't start. When did that happen, Jen? No, don't tell us. Um, uh, I've done that at least a couple of hands full of times in my life. Now, I'm pretty sure when I was a teenager, it happened regularly. I didn't do anything wrong for it to happen. It just, bad battery, whatever. Okay, I don't want to see a show of hands or anything, but how many of you quit driving your car because you went out and got in and it didn't start one time? And I ask that question because literally in my life, God has, I've seen people healed that I prayed for way more times than I, I prayed for people and that didn't happen. And I think that that's a fair analogy 
None of us quit driving our car because it hadn't started a time or two. But how many people in their life, because of some disappointment that they prayed for? I mean, we had a friend that, that, that so many people were in agreement, and he was a faith person. He was a young, relatively young man. The age I am now, I think he's really young. Um, but he was a relatively young man in his early 40s and had two kids and a wife and, and believed in healing. But he wasn't healed. He died of cancer. How many people have stopped believing in healing and stopped praying for people because of it? What if healing is easier than you thought? And then I want to share that on the Friday morning during the sessions on prosperity, he said... uh, he just spoke in such a logical and scriptural way. I mean, he says, okay, God told you that this is what you're supposed to do. Okay. Okay, and here's one of the things. He said, we're commissioned to help the poor. I mean, that's one of our, that's a major commission that we have, is to help the poor. He says, isn't it one of the worst strategies in the world to be poor ourselves. Like that's our, that's our game plan. I'm going to be poor. So I can help the poor more. That's not how it works. Um, 2 Corinthians 9, 8. If, he, if you're writing it down. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. And this is one of the scriptures that he brought up. He said, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you. And, and this was about the church. The church as a whole working together. And to fulfill what God's plan is for the church in our communities. He said, and God is able to make all grace abound to you, toward you. How much grace? All grace. All grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things. Always, always, all, all, all. In all things may have an abundance for every good work. Okay. And now, my upbringing in uh, a mainline church always taught that, uh, that abundance for every good work is like spiritual gifts. Never mind that we didn't believe that spiritual gifts still operate in that d- denomination. But... Um, I said, no, that's spiritual things. That's not, that's not, that's not tangible things. That's, you know, I have grace to help Jimmy with a fence or something like that. That's not consistent with the rest of scripture. But we explain these things in these big, broad terms. Why it doesn't, why the scripture doesn't mean what it says. When it doesn't mean all grace, all sufficient, all sufficiency, and all things, in abundance, lots of it for every good work. If it's God's purpose to get seed to us in order for us to be sowers, and that, that's one of our commissions, to be sowers of the word. If he can... This is something that uh, Andrew says all the time. If God can get it through us, he can get it to us. 
If he can get it through and if he can get it through us, he can get it to us. What's the problem in him getting it to us? Is we're not letting it go through us. So if we're not receiving in that way, and this was the teaching, if we're not receiving, then maybe it's because God doesn't see us as sowers. That God's given a seed and we're eating it. Instead of planting it. Okay. And, and I have to, I'm going to... I'm going to make a confession here. I'm not really good with finances. There are, there's a lot of stuff that I don't even understand how it works. My parents did some things. I, I, some of that was probably had something to do with growing up in the depression and things like that. But, but, but they, were, they functioned really well with, with what they had to work with. I... And, this is something I want to encourage you in. We can learn how to do that kind of thing better if we don't know how. But some of it is that we have to change our thinking. We have to get past ideas that we're supposed, the belief that we're supposed to be poor. I mean, I, and I think that came from some of the stuff with priests and the, and the, and the church back in the year, you know, the eight, nine hundreds, the thousands, the... Um, the years I'm talking about, that there was this idea that we're supposed to be poor. God wanted us to be poor. People pursued poverty. And you add that together with some of us that grew up with parents that had grown up in the Depression, and they just said, no, we got to hold on to everything because if we let go anything next week, we might not have shoes to wear. There's... there's Ideas and thoughts that we have to get over. We have to change our mind. To repent of the ways that we've saw, thought before in order to operate in this reality. In order to be able to make the kingdom come. In, in order to, for kingdom to operate here in our own city of Chandler. And in this central Oklahoma area. Aren't y'all proud I don't say central Texas anymore? <laughs> It's, it's taken almost eight years, but Central, if I just said Central, Texas automatically came out since I lived there for so long. Get over some of those ideas that poverty is a virtue because that's not biblical. It is just not. And we can talk more about that. Um, Thursday, Andrew Womack, who is the founder of Karis Bible College in Woodland Park, Colorado, He shared these verses, Ephesians 4. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, the fivefold ministry, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Not for those guys with those five ministry gifts to do the work of the ministry, but equip the saints. Who's the saints? Us. Uh, equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, the building up of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith, amen, and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man or a complete person, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, 
But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. So it's describing the church growing up to be the body of Christ. From whom the whole body, and this is a picture that Paul uses over and over. He uses the body and uses the building many times talking about how all this stuff works together. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, like my knee, according to the effective working by which every part does its share and causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love, for the building up of itself in love. And, and he starts to, the metaphor starts to broaden there. Because when I talk about my joints and my eyes and my ears and all that stuff working together, I'm talking about my physical body, just this right here. But at the end, he said, causes the growth of the body for edifying itself in love. He just, he just said that the, that the church builds itself up. And so see how the, the metaphor is, broadens out at the end there, going from a single individual body to the body of Christ, which is all of us. Um, so we talked about how our body works together. And, and he, just, he reminded believers how the the church took care of each other and how some people had a lot of something and some people had a little bit of something. And that could have been corn or pigs or bacon grease or, I, you know, just whatever. We, they just shared all those things together. I'm surprised I didn't get any amens on bacon grease. But, um, so, and I believe God impressed this on me even when it, on Thursday night. How many of you have seen videos of people without hands who do everything with their feet? I mean, it's just amazing. They, they don't have arms or hands, or, and they, they do everything with their feet. They do stuff with their feet better than I can do it with my left hand because, I mean, it's hard for me to pick up. Yeah, I can't do it. Pick up a glass of tea with my left hand. Well, I had a broken arm one time. This right arm was broken. I couldn't do anything with my left hand. I was like, they do it with their feet better than I can do it with my left hand. They put on makeup. They drive. Do all kinds of things that are normally done with hands. You know what? Even my right hand's not that great. But that's not how God designed us to work. How many of you have ever seen those videos and thought, I'm just going to start doing stuff with my feet? For one thing, y'all, y'all don't want to look at my feet. It's no good. We don't want to call attention to that. But I, nobody just goes, yeah, I think I'm, I kind of, that's interesting. That's, but they're really good at it. I'm going to start working on that and I just quit using my hands. That's not how God designed us, which is the point of Paul's several illustrations regarding the church, where he uses our physical bodies as a metaphor, and literally how things operate. Whether that's 
Anybody a really mediocre or bad singer? And I, this, this group up here is so visible. And if we plug somebody in there that wasn't designed to do that, I don't, I don't want to call anybody out or anything. Andrew, can you sing? Okay, well, we don't want to put Andrew up here leading the singing. Um, just because Michael Ann can sing doesn't mean I Andrew can sing. So, but we often do that in church. We, we make the foot do something that the hand ought to be doing. And then Friday night, uh, our pastor, our founding pastor, Jacob is the pastor of the whole church now, but the founding pastor, Dwayne Sheriff, my friend who I've been friends with 30 years now. How old are you, Logan? Are you 30? Okay. So 30 years. Logan was a baby when we, car- and car- we carried him in in our arms in the first meeting that I ever went to. And um, uh, we just became friends and pastor friends and uh, things. Even Victory Life was a lot smaller back then. But uh, Dwayne Sheriff spoke that last Friday night. And he always closes out Jubilee and recaps the week, similar to how I've done this morning. Uh, but he also gave a prophetic word, and this was the word. Greg, this was the word. Did you hear, did you hear this? He said, there's a wholeness that's coming this year. Wholeness. There's going to be a completeness coming this year like never before. And man, that just, that just resonated with me so much. And, and Jeff and I have been praying for maybe two years. Uh, COVID hit things hard. And so uh, our, our little church building here was running at capacity during, before COVID. And we've come back about 50% of that since then. Um, there's a wholeness coming this year. We, so Jeff and I have, have believed that God is impressed on us that in the near future, I mean like maybe next, next week or next month, in the near future, this place is going to be like a rescue center. It's going to be like a... Um, uh, like recovery after a hurricane or something like that, that and and God's been preparing us with mature people and uh, that that's something that's coming. <laughs> I, I was praying and meditating and just just writing down everything that journaling the things that God was saying to me. Do you believe that God says stuff to you? I, good. I don't want to sound like a crazy person. When, uh, when I used to do mental status exams at the emergency room for the local mental health authority and said, so are you hearing voices? I thought, oh man, I, I hope nobody ever asked me that. <laughs> um, I'm writing these things down and, and just out of my pen, this pen right here, my blue fountain pen, just out of it comes Victory Life Church Chandler is a great church. 
I really like it right now. Um, Victory Life Church Chandler is a great church. Without changing anything, it's a great church. And I know that we have a calling to be that hospital, that rescue center uh, in a in a world that gets just kind of more messed up, especially in in the world's worldview about how things are and why they're the way they are. Um, that there is a there is a foundational well, the rock that's Jesus that we need to be anchored to. And I thought about my own spiritual journey and how many of us who are a little bit older in the generation, um, how hard we had to seek after. I mean, we were like diamond miners. We were like gold miners working in a mine that was almost run out, looking for, for that vein of gold that we could get whatever that thing was that we were looking for. That um, Now, I, I'm, I'm seeing a few people that grew up in Pentecostal holiness and, and assembly of God, and y'all may have had your own other problems, but there were so many of us that grew up in... Um, mainline denominations, and we, we knew that there was something more. Just like a, a guy that's chipping away trying to look for diamonds. We knew that there was something more. And, and we had to work hard to, to find it because it wasn't just laying on the ground everywhere. Now there's a lot of good churches. And, it, and, it's, and I think it's easier to find a good church these days. But I'm talking about a church that has laid out like a, like a buffet what we had to search for a few decades ago. Carol, I see you smiling and, and nodding. That um, when, when we started to understand more about the, the operation of the Holy Spirit in our lives, because we talked about it in the denomination that I grew up in, we talked about the Holy Spirit and the idea of it and this theoretical thing, I mean, just like physics, nuclear physics or something like that. We talked about it from a theoretical point of view. Um, You know, a lot of us have on our keychain have a laser now. And I mean, literally, you can just get it on a keychain or, or, well, the pointer that we use to advance the slides sometimes, it has a green laser on it and I can use it and point up there. Um, my dad built some of the first of those in the 60s. And I knew that he was doing research and he, he designed the lasers uh, for, that doctors use to operate on your eyes when they use lasers. My dad did the research that, that a, a lot of the research in uh, University of Texas Medical Center that built those lasers. Only one year after the first laser was even built. Before that, it was just a theory. That's what I grew up with, is operating in the Holy Spirit and gifting, and and the gifts operating, just as theory. But it never happened. It did not happen. 
What if our kids grew up in a church where all of that is just laid out for them? I mean, there is something that to be said about how much you appreciate something you've really worked for. But sometimes once you find it, you're too old to use it, you know? Once you've got enough money to go on vacations and climb Mount Everest, you're too old to climb Mount Everest. And I don't want our kids to grow up like that, having to search for things and having, and having to wait until they're... What would happen if our kids grew up in a church where... They're taught how to operate in their giftings. But they're taught how to pray for each other and for healing. What would our world be like if we have a whole generation that has access to those things? Kingdom. Heaven on earth. That's right. The things loosed that are loosed in heaven. In 1 Kings chapter 19, uh, there was a king named Ahab. Um, and he was in the, part of the northern tribes. And he had a wife named... I, it's, it's bad enough to be named Ahab. Right, Sarge? <laughs> it's bad enough to be named Ahab. Um, Ahab was a bad dude. And I mean, most of us, when we think of that name, it's associated with, with evil. It's associated with bad stuff. Ahab. And if that wasn't enough, his wife's name was Jezebel. Ahab and Jezebel. Some of the names, names that conjure up extreme negative feelings. Well, Jezebel was his queen and she had killed all the prophets of God. I mean, she, she went through the country and tried to get rid of everybody. All the prophets of Yahweh. Killed all of them. Except Elijah. He was left. And Elijah was a, Elijah was a thorn in her side. She did not like him at all. So they go up to Mount Carmel and... most of you know the story, they go up to Mount Carmel and they're going to have a contest to see whose God is really God. And so Ahab says, y'all just do whatever you want. In fact, you can just put some kerosene on y'all's offering if you want to, but you're not going to light it. I mean, I'm I'm exaggerating. I'm I'm playing a little bit with this right here. But he says, y'all do whatever you want to. Y'all can... And, but you don't light it. You're going to ask your gods or whichever one or whatever to call down fire to consume the offering that you've brought for your gods. And I'm going to do the same thing, but I'm just going to give you all time. They go all day long. Uh, check the story out. Elijah actually says, y'all need to holler a little bit louder maybe. I think your God is in the bathroom and he can't hear you. That, that's really there. And, he, and they cut themselves. They just work themselves up. And, and I mean, it's a really picture of what even sometimes Christians do in order to, to get God to do the things they wanted to do. And, all. and, and then, it's, then it's Elijah's turn. He steps up and he says, yeah, 
Yeah, no, don't put kerosene on it. I want you to put water on my offering. Just fill it up with water. Pour so much water in it that the, there's, a, there's a little ditch around it, and that's filled, floating with water. Just like some of y'all had around your driveway and stuff this morning, probably. Uh, water just floating around and all that stuff. And he, he asks God, and he doesn't mess around or anything. He says, okay, God, take care of it. Bam! It eats up, I mean, it burns up the offering, burns up the water, everything's gone. And Elijah says, yeah, okay, now let's take care of those prophets of Baal. And he goes, he says, bring them down to the mountain. Don't let any of those guys go. And brings them down the mountain. And it says that Elijah executed them. And well, the way that I read that is he took a sword and he cut their heads off. He executed them. He didn't see them executed. He did the deed himself. How do you th- what do you think Jezebel thought about that? She was not happy. And, and she says, see if I don't do to him and more. Or may, may it be done to me more if I don't do the same thing for him. That's what she says. He hears about that. And that scaredy cat runs. He, he's just seen God work in a crazy way God I mean when God shows up and burns up everything when God shows up like that how could you doubt that he could take care of any any problem that you've got that's why we sing the songs about God's faithfulness is to remind ourselves and poor poor um, Elijah he didn't have a very good worship team to remind him of those things if he did maybe he'd have been a little bit better off but he runs off and he goes oh poor me I'm the only one left and I mean there's a there's a famine in the land because there's a drought that goes on forever and living almost in West Texas I know the impact of that you know Lake Brownwood Lake Buchanan they've all dried up before and that's the way it was and Elijah and God says I'll take care of you and he sends him this one place and and that brook dries up and then he sends him he says there's a widow and he goes oh widow lady rich widow lady that sounds good and he goes down there and it's not a rich widow lady she's he says make me something to eat and she says I'm sorry I'm making something for me me and my son it's our last meal before we die and he said well just make me a sandwich first and then you can make yourself a sandwich and that and she does, and it never runs out. The, the, the flower never runs out. And he's still scared. He still stays scared. How easy it is for us to get, for, forget God's goodness. That's why we sing the songs. You are good, and you can only be good. You can't be anything else. That's a good song to remind ourselves when the devil says, man, I don't... and the devil does what Elijah did to the prophets of Baal. I don't think God's hearing you. I mean, have you ever felt that? God's not hearing me. The most important thing is your feelings don't have anything to do with what's going on at all. Your feelings. We had 
baby dedication last week, but it was more than babies because some children wanted to be, um, had never been able to take part in that, so some older kids too. And we, didn't de- we dedicated them to the Lord the same way that Hannah dedicated um, her son, Samuel, and, um, but we had five babies under six months. Cora was born January 31st, so, and she, so she was the old one, <laughs> Cora was. And so we had all, these five babies under six months lined up here. If that doesn't light your fire, then your wood's wet and, and more problems than that. that is, that's, that's an indication of the future of Victory Life Church Chandler. And, and the vision that I see of those kids growing up in a faith church that believes God still works today in our community, still cares about what's going on today, can still guide us literally. I mean, when you've heard God say, walk down that hallway, God still does all those things. Just like Brent said, he's the same God that is part of the Red Sea, and he's still parting the Red Seas in our life today. If, we'll, if we just don't forget. Greg? You got you, anything to add? Sure. All right. I want to scare Steve because I have notes, but it's so that I can go faster. Um, and I didn't bring my glasses. So I, I also have volume control. Oh, so that's I true. Can, I can, um, there's a... So... Uh, I made some notes just because God kind of took me all over the place, uh, but also it's from a couple different things that I wanted to make sure I got right to get you to what the kind of the word that he led me to um, for this morning. But Steve talked about it, Jubilee, Jim Baker uh, spoke about uh, Jairus' daughter, and uh, Jesus was on his way, and Steve didn't really talk about this part. Um, but before he got started with the message, he talked about Jesus was on his way to heal Jairus' 12-year-old daughter. And on the way, um, he healed the woman with the issue of blood that had been bleeding for 12 years. And in Scripture, women often represent the church or the bride of Christ. And his point was, as long as, uh, as, long as this young girl, Jairus' daughter, the next generation of the church, had been alive... The church has been hemorrhaging in a place that was designed for intimacy. And the lack of intimacy preventing it, uh, the lack of intimacy is preventing it from reproducing. And he said, Jesus is coming along, and when he heals the older generation of the church's intimacy issue, at that moment, immediately the next generation came back to life and rose up. And that took me to... um, a message, Pastor Jacob spoke a part of his message from a, maybe a month ago, but he spoke about how um, you used to be able to kind of separate your life, and um, you could live a pretty good life by coming to church on Sunday and then going back to your regular life or work life, and how that wouldn't serve you in the years to come. I'll go a step further and say that it probably won't serve you well today. Um, I always tell my kids 
if you want to get the results, if you want to get the world's results, keep doing what the world does. If you want different results, the answer is a counterintuitive, countercultural way of Jesus Christ. And it begins with an intimate relationship with him. So individually, the word I have today is God is going to heal the issue in your life that is preventing the intimacy with him. And by healing each of us, he heals the church. Uh, last week, uh, Steve just talked about this. Last week I was up in the sound booth. Jeff and I often get a little bit different perspective than when you're down here just focusing on the stage. But there was all these beautiful families that Steve talked about and all the kids. And what I saw from up above was looking down. I saw all the people that I've known for years out here in the seats. And then I saw a lot of these new families up here in the front. And generationally speaking, it to me, there was an older generation in the church and then a younger generation up front in the church being spotlighted. And then there was also these people that had been longtime members of the church. And then there was all these new members coming into the church that were up here being spotlighted. And kind of what um, the word that God gave me this morning, uh, what he kind of highlighted is that what he is birthing in Victory Life Chander and what he is birthing in Chandler, Oklahoma, he's not birthing through one of those groups. It's not the new people coming in. It's not the old people that have been here for a long time. But what is being birthed in the future for this church comes out of intimacy between those two groups. It becomes out of their connectedness. And then walking in this morning, Jimmy and Greg had the doors wide open. And I just saw that like the older part of this church, they opened the doors to where God wants to take us. And that's by solving our intimacy problem. Steve just said, if we want our kids to pray and prophesy, we got to teach them to pray and prophesy. Well, if we can't do that ourselves, how are we going to teach them to do that? So what I want to wrap up and say, it all comes back to discipleship. It comes to wanting to be like Christ, wanting to walk like Christ walked and do the things that Christ did. And so I would tell you, if you haven't seen the Jubilee stuff, it was kind of hard to find. But if you, for, if you go to YouTube and just look up Victory Life Jubilee, you'll find it, and then you can find the Victory Life channel. But there's also a discipleship school uh, that's in their playlist, and, it, and that will walk you through the things that you got to do to be discipled in the di- disciplines that will lead you into intimacy with Christ. But by um, developing that intimacy, it's not only going to affect our individual lives through that, it, it affects our family. It's the new families connecting with the older families that will birth things in our children's lives. Um, it men connecting with men that will birth things in the, in, in the church to lead this church where it needs to go. It'll be the women's group connecting. It'll be all these things, but it all comes back to the intimacy that we develop as a church. And where God's taken us, we won't get there without intimacy. Um, body ministry was one some of the things that got talked about, and that's the body of Christ ministering to itself to build itself up. That, was that scripture I read earlier. So, go ahead, Jeff. Well, I wasn't able to go to Jubilee this year, but yesterday. Is it on? Here, is that there? So I wasn't able to go to Jubilee, but yesterday I, I kind of listened to everything, you know, one and a quarter, one and a half times. So I went through all, all at least the night services at one and a half speed. So, <laughs> so the person really spoke 
preach real quick. He really spoke <laughs> real quick. But anyway. I put him on half speed. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. So there's a lot of truths. There's a lot of stuff that I've you know, preached along the same, same lines. But in the, this morning, the Lord told me you know, to, to give a word. And I'm not one to come up and tell people and I have a word. Unless God makes a way, I just don't. God, you got to do it here. And it's Pastor Steve up here. And so, you know, talking about we're all different part of the body of Christ. And I'm part of the body of Christ that people don't really want to talk about. You know, because I always have a word of correction. I always, I'm the guy at the end of the line. I'm not in front. I'm in back because I'm looking for stragglers. I'm looking for people who are hurt. You know, I'm, I'm the guy who rips off the Band-Aid. I'm the guy who says the elephant in the room. Get back up there. Get closer to where the, you know, the pastor's speaking. Get up there. Don't, don't be back here with me. There's too much stuff going on back here. And so, and so, you know, last week, we had a whole lot of people in this place. And I love, you know, I've been to big churches, and I love feeding, you know, the 4,000. I I love feeding the 5,000. But where are they today? Why aren't they here today? Now, I'm not keeping attendance. My heart breaks for them. Because there's a lot of deception, you know, in our society that thinks that we can just, just me and my Jesus, we can live any way we want to, wherever we want to, and not come together as a flock. We are a flock. We are a church. Now, there's no condemnation of, of, of missing a Sunday service. But if you're just like, whatever. But anyway, I'm not talking to that crowd. My heart breaks for this crowd. So, I, you know, I'm not judging them. You know, I, I want them here. I love ministering to the 4,000 and 5,000. But I want to talk to the ones that, that are here. <laughs> because there, this is an emergency room. I've been built for emergency room. I've been told I'm the guy with the paddles that says, you know, clear. <laughs> But the Lord has also warned me to make sure they're dead before I do that. <laughs> and so, so Pastor Steve helps me on that. <laughs> that person's not dead. Don't do that. <laughs> but I want to talk to you because there's a lot of people deconstructing in our society right now. And I don't want you to think that you're beyond being deconstructing. There's a lot of Eves out there. Not, they're not here today. They've heard the word of God, but they haven't sought God themselves to hear it personally. But I'm talking to this crowd right here. John the Baptist, he almost deconstructed in prison because he didn't expect things to happen the way that he got so disappointed that he sent two disciples to go, go to Jesus and ask him, are you the one or should we be looking somewhere else? He almost deconstructed. Don't think that anybody in here is beyond being de- deconstructed. We've got to keep our eyes on Jesus and Jesus said, go tell John the Baptist all the things. I'm healing, you know, the sick and raising the dead. But tell him, do not be offended in me. Because these things are coming. This house is going to be full, but there's going to be a lot of offense. Another person who did deconstruct in Scripture, remember the, the parable, the son of the uh, prodigal son? I have the fear of the Lord on me. I don't want to hurt anybody's heart. I don't have any problem hurting your flesh, but I don't want to hurt your heart. Remember, the older son stayed there, and when his, when his son came back, his, his brother came back, he didn't want anything to do with him. There's going to be people coming into this house that have gone out there, lived their life they wanted to, and they're going to come to this house, and God's going to work a miracle on them, and we're going to be real easy to be offended because, God, you haven't done that in my life yet, and I've been serving you all this time. Are you going to deconstruct and leave this house? Or are you going to stay here and help lay hands and heal the sick even when you're hurting? Are you going to be able to, are you willing to give your last two mics to somebody else that had a whole lot more than you have ever had? But they just lost everything because 
their house wasn't built on the rock. But your little house, and it is little, is built on the rock. So that's my word for us in here. This is Jubilee. I'm, you know, Jesus was talking to the Pharisees and says, you know, when I, when I sent the pipers, you didn't dance. There's a whole lot of pipers out there. I'm the guy who does the dirge. Because <laughs> he said, when I sent the dirge, you didn't mourn. So I'm glad there's pipers out there because you just don't want people like me to don't get myself down. So I need people like that. But we, but we are called book, more like, you know, bookends to keep us on track, to keep us on, on the center and, and focus on Christ. So I love that we have so many people who are pipers and, and, and enjoy because we need encouragement. Great. But even when you read Deuteronomy 28 and different things, God says, that, you know, blessed are you, blessed are you, blessed and blessed and blessed. But I'm the one that also brings says there's a whole lot of conditions too. If you continue in my way, if you follow me, if you stay close to me. So that's my word to all of us in here right now. That this one house starts filling up with people that have been out in the world or, or people that have been lukewarm or, or whatever, that we don't get offended when God starts acting in their life and he hasn't acted in our life yet. But we, we remain to our call. We keep on doing things in here. Not for our sake, but for his sake. Because we're bought with a price. So who cares if nobody values what you do? Because God does. Amen. God values you. He values where you are. Offense comes a lot of ways. You know, Jeff just mentioned one, getting offended because somebody got something that you maybe waited for. And they didn't have to wait a long time for it. There's a lot of ways offense can come. They don't look like me or they... I'd encourage you if you haven't, if you don't have the flow page, there's a and on one of the round, one of the tables that looks like this, one of the round ones, the there's a card on it that has a QR code that'll help you download the flow page. It has ways. It has an easy way to get to um, to Jubilee stuff. And I'd encourage you to just just see what God says to you through some of those those words. Let me pray for you now. Let's just go and stand. I'm excited about our future. I'm the piper. <laughs> uh, I'm excited about the future. It makes me want to dance, and but I'm not going to because yeah, it's ugly. So let me just let me just pray for us now. Um, but I'm I I'd encourage you to seek out what you think God says to you for for what this next year is and what it holds for us as the body of Christ here in central Oklahoma. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for the word that you brought this past week. I pray that, um, that we would find our personal word from, from what you've spoken through your prophets. The, um, even, even take a word just from today. But may we revisit, may we meditate on the, on your word, the scriptures, as well as uh, the, an interpretation of those 
scriptures, through the messages that we've heard this past week. But Father, just give us a hunger. Um, help us to realize the hunger that you are, you've already put in us to be Jesus in the places that we walk. That literally, the, every place our foot falls, that we bring Jesus there. Because that the world doesn't need better politics. They don't need better psychology or sociology. They need Jesus. That's the only way that the transformation is going to make any difference in their lives. So we just uh, yield ourselves to the leadership of the Spirit. And Father, just show us. Bring to our mind. I mean, make an explosion in our consciousness when you give us opportunities to just speak Jesus to people. To pray for that person that pulls up in the handicapped parking space. And we don't have to know, we don't have to have a degree in theology or anything to just tell people what Jesus has done for us. Because there's big things and little things, but but you've worked in all, in our lives in ways that uh, that sometimes we forget. But show us those opportunities that we have where we can give somebody else what we have that we bring glory to you in doing that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you all. Have a great week.